So over the last two days, we received two particularly strong labor reports, the first one being ADP employment and the second one being non-farm payrolls and average hourly earnings. And both of these reports highlighted strong job gains in the month of June, as well as modest wage growth. All is very well. Of course, that gives the Fed more leeway to hike because ultimately it's trying to cool down the labor market. But under the surface, things are a little bit weaker than they may appear. Despite the outward appearance of job additions and wage gains, the reality is the jobs that are being added are temporary in nature. Many waitresses, many leisure uh, employees, many bartenders, and of course, these jobs are going to go away as the summer months wind down, and the demand for those excess jobs goes away too. So while the Fed is going to hike, in all likelihood, at the July 26 FOMC meeting, thanks to this strong labor data, it may be hiking into a weaker labor market than is being advertised. We'll talk about all that up next. This channel is proud to be partnered with River and Foundation Devices. Stay tuned to the video to learn more. So as I mentioned, the first thing that came out was Thursday's ADP employment report, which added 497,000 jobs to private payrolls in the United States. Take a look at this chart here. That is more than double the analyst expectations of 225,000 jobs. So a huge addition for the month of June, one that beat analyst expectations. And that's no surprise. Economic data has been surprising to the upside over the last several months, shocking many analysts who were relatively doom and gloom about the state of the economy. So all is well on the surface level of the ADP report. Next up, let's take a look at the non-farm payrolls report, which came out today. The ADP report talks about private employment, whereas the non-farm payrolls uh, report, of course, as the name suggests, uh, highlights non-farm additions to payrolls. Uh, and if we'll take a look at this chart right here, there were 209,000 people added to non-farm payrolls in the month of June, um, which was relatively strong, but it did miss expectations slightly. The estimate was for a slightly higher 230,000 additions to non-farm payrolls in June, and it fell slightly below the target. No biggie. Um, unemployment also fell to a record low 3.6%, and wages rose 0.4% from last month, or 4.4% on the year. So some modest wage gains, and of course, uh, some still higher non-farm payrolls additions, although they did miss estimates slightly. And it's a huge difference with the ADP numbers, but both of these reports reflect the reality of big job gains and steady and rising wages. But what really matters here is the composition of these jobs. What kind of jobs are being added? Well, if you lose use your deductive reasoning capabilities, you'll probably infer a little bit of what these jobs probably are. Think about it. It's the month of June. What happens through the, in, the, in North America during the months of May through August and even into September? Summer, right? Summer is here. Summer jobs are being added. And we'll talk about that composition and why it's a little bit more fickle than the headline data suggests in just a moment. So no surprise here, but rates are soaring in response to this really strong labor data. Over the course of this economic cycle, we've really seen strong economic data has begun to have less of an effect on interest rates, and the labor data is now the main focus of interest rates. And we'll talk about why that is in just a second. But front-end rates, which of course are a proxy for what the market thinks the Fed is going to do, are up 38 basis points this month, and it has entirely erased that huge drop that we saw after the Silicon Valley bank collapse, which made the market believe that the Fed would start cutting rates. That huge drop following that banking crisis in March has now entirely been recovered, and rates, uh, the two-year yield specifically, is back at 4.9%, staggering. Uh, and on the long end, which of course reflects expectations for growth in the economy, since the labor market is doing well, growth expectations have risen, and no surprise, long-end rates are up 25 basis points this month, with the 10-year yield at 4.03%. 
Yields are ripping all across the curve, and now there's a 92.2% chance that the Fed hikes at the next meeting on July 26. Take a look at this chart right here. All cuts have been priced out of the market. I'll repeat that again. All rate cuts have been priced out of the market, whereas just a few weeks ago, this was the opposite. Only rate cuts were priced into the market. Now, the strong economic data as of late, and today's uh, today and yesterday's strong labor data has really sealed the nail in the coffin that the Fed is, in all likelihood, going to hike on July 26, at least in the market's point of view. Now, a lot of things can change, but why? Why on planet Earth have rates ratcheted up so much? Why has Fed funds expectations ratcheted up so much in response to this labor data? Well, because the labor market is the last holdout of this cycle. Ultimately, what the Fed is trying to do is it's trying to, in, in no uncertain terms, get people to lose their jobs, right? It doesn't want people to spend as much. And if people don't have as much discretionary spending and they don't spend as much, prices go down. And so really, the Fed conducts policy with a blunt set of tools and what it's trying to do is make people unemployed, right? In no uncertain terms. Again, we're not sugarcoating this. And so when it sees that labor data is coming in strong, jobs are coming in strong, then the Fed's response is to tighten conditions further. This channel and the Bitcoin layer is proud to be sponsored by River. River has become the Bitcoin exchange of choice for the long-term investor. Not only can you buy Bitcoin with zero fees when you dollar cost average, but you can have peace of mind knowing that River holds all of its Bitcoin in multi-sig cold storage at all times with 100% full reserves. Unlike several other of these crypto exchanges over the last year that have been caught fractionally reserving all of their customer funds. River does not do that. They have proprietary multi-sig where they keep your money in the vault and it stays there. And of course, you can withdraw at any time since they don't lend out client assets. River has built its own infrastructure so they do not rely on third-party custodians. And River has client services that are available by phone that are US-based. You can also develop your own personal point of contact with River Private Client and they can be your gateway to Bitcoin for your personal or business account. You can also set up an inheritance plan for your Bitcoin for the set it and forget it solution for your family. River also offers hosted mining services to purchase a Bitcoin miner completely hassle free if you don't want to host one on your own. And if your business wants to make lightning payments, you can use River Lightning to run transactions over the lightning network without turning on any of the infrastructure yourself. River is setting the new standard in Bitcoin, guys. You can invest in Bitcoin with confidence and get started today with River at river.com or just click the link in the description. The Bitcoin layer is also brought to you by Foundation Devices, and they have what is called the Passport. The Passport is the Bitcoin hardware wallet that you already know how to use. You guys, we've talked about this for ages now. It has a gorgeous design and a very sleek interface, and it makes it easier than ever to self-custody your Bitcoin. If you've been on the fence about taking your Bitcoin off of exchanges, this one is for you. Of course, several exchanges that offer Bitcoin have turned out to be bankrupt or fraud over the last year. And if you leave your Bitcoin there, it may be gone forever. But with Passport, it just takes a few minutes to set up and you can experience the peace of mind that comes with taking your Bitcoin off the exchange and into your own hands. Go to foundationdevices.com and use code BitcoinLayer for $10 off your Passport or just click the link in the video description. And now back to the video. So the Fed's response function to a strong labor market is to tighten conditions further. So why does the Fed want the labor market to unwind, as it says in its very political speech? It wants people to lose their jobs. So spending falls and prices fall too. Now, conditions in the labor market are not as strong and robust as they may seem, like I mentioned at the jump. 
because these are not jobs that have staying power. Ultimately, a lot of these are temporary summer hires, bartenders, waiters, leisure, hospitality, and that makes up the lion's share of the job additions in the ADP employment report. Take a look at this graphic right here. Uh, you can see here that the employment additions in the U.S. are dominated by mostly temporary leisure and hospitality jobs. Look at this. The change in U.S. private employment was 497,000, and the additions of that that were from leisure and hospitality were 232,000. So, frankly, less than 50%, of course, but the lion's share of where these new jobs came from came from summer jobs, bartenders, waiters college students, but also full-time employees that are seeking part-time work in order to make ends meet, which of course, I don't blame them. The cost of living crisis in this country is a whole nother can of worms, right? Um, and so you see here, one of the quotes from this report, the number of people employed part-time for economic reasons rose by 452,000 to 4.2 million in June. Now, this is not part of the graphic that I just showed you, but ultimately, this is really illustrating the issue that we have here in America and is also facing most Western nations, and that is one of a cost of living crisis. People are taking on more positions and they're taking on these part-time roles in addition to their full-time roles because their hours were cut and they want to seek full-time jobs, but they can't. And so they're taking on more and more work. And the reason that we know this is because roughly 8,000 of the jobs that were created in today's non-farm payrolls report were actually just people taking a second job, right? So job creation is actually just these folks that are seeking a second job. And in the BLS's report, they call these people multiple job holders. Now, I'm sure you are one or you know of one. Of course, for Gen Z, it's called a side hustle, which is just a way of glamorizing taking on several jobs in order to make ends meet. But for perhaps yourself, perhaps your parents, perhaps Perhaps someone that you know, this is happening more and more frequently. People are taking on a second job in order to make ends meet. And that, is, that takes up some 4% of the total additions today in the non-farm payrolls report. So yeah, the unemployment rate is low. Jobs are being created. But ultimately, people are taking jobs, additional jobs, out of necessity. And a lot of the jobs that are being created are temporary and seasonal. And how do I know that these jobs are seasonal? Well, take a look at this graphic here. This is the month of June over the last 10 years. And you'll note that seven of the last 10 years, jobs have risen. This is the ADP job gains in June. And you'll note that seven of the last 10 years, jobs have risen in the month of June. So it's an extremely historically seasonally strong hiring month. Why? You need bartenders, you need waiters, people are flocking to restaurants, people are going on vacation, discretionary spending rises in June, and so more laborers are needed in order to make those positions filled. But ultimately, these gains are temporary. They're gonna go away in two months. These are summer positions that are filled by college students and other folks that need to make ends meet. And so on the surface, the labor market seems super robust because in June, we had two days back-to-back kick-ass employment reports. But if you actually look at the composition of these jobs, it's not that impressive, right? And ultimately, it's a very fickle job market if you take a look underneath the surface. So we may be in the ending phases of this blow-off top in the labor market. Not necessarily a blow-off top, that may not be the correct language, but the end stages of this labor cycle, and we may begin to see it unwind. Of course, you don't see unemployment start to rise until the recession has already entered. And so the fact that unemployment is still falling, it, it kind of falls in line with where we are in the economic cycle, the very end before the recession actually begins and everything turns over. A couple more statistics for you. As for the added payrolls that came in today, 60,000 of the 209,000 additions to non-farm payrolls were government jobs, right? And a lot of these are temporary, but that marks 28% of the total gain today, right? Uh, whatever you know the the president is saying, or whatever Jerome Powell is saying about a robust labor market, well, these are additions to government jobs, and a lot of them, again, summer internships, 
temporary. Okay, let's continue. And on top of all of that, non-farm payrolls for every month in 2023 have been revised lower. Take a look at this graphic here. This is the release of non-farm payrolls versus the revision. So the release is in dark blue and the revision is in light blue. And you'll note that every single month for all of 2023, the labor market has been overestimated. There are so many jobs being added. And then next month, quiet, hidden away, tucked away underneath the headline, up actually last month wasn't as strong as we thought it was. Whether this is intentional or not, who knows? At the very least, there's an expectation from economists that the labor market is stronger than, in hindsight, it actually is, right? And chances are this trend is going to continue. I mean, they've got it wrong for the last five months. Chances are next month when we get the June revision, it'll be a revision downward. So ultimately, the Fed is going to hike because it wants to tame this strong labor market. It wants to tame the strong labor market to bring down spending and therefore bring down prices. At the end of the day, what it's taming when it's taming the labor market is it wants people to be out of work. But these job gains are going to be erased when the summer months are over. The waiters, the bartenders, and the other other service jobs that are here for the summer, they're going to exit their positions and they won't have that discretionary income anymore. And so the Fed is going to hike to fix a problem that will correct itself in the next two months anyway. And it's going to cause unnecessary damage in the process, potentially create a more severe onset to the recession than it needs to. Ultimately, it's elevating the cost of capital even more rather than allowing 15 months of hikes to work its way through the system. It's taking a look at these temporary job gains. It's ignoring the fact that summer is a seasonally strong hiring month. A lot of these jobs are temporary. And it is saying, let's continue hiking. So that's all we have for this video today. Make sure you subscribe and hit the bell icon so you are notified as we are tracking not only this labor data, but the remainder of the economic cycle. And we'll keep you up to date on all the new recessionary indicators that are happening. One other cool thing we have going on right now is a 50% off sale for our Substack. If you want more of the content we're doing here on YouTube in written form in your inbox every single Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, you can click the link in our bio or go to thebitcoinlayer.com and secure 50% off an annual subscription to the Bitcoin Layer for the next five days. We have a 4th of July sale going on. That's all for today, everyone. Take care. The Bitcoin layer is brought to you by River. Purchase Bitcoin with no fees when you dollar cost average and know your assets are held in multi-sig cold storage with 100% full reserves. Plus, River has built their own infrastructure so they don't rely on third-party custodians. There's a new standard in Bitcoin and River is setting it. Get started at River by visiting river.com or clicking the link in the video description. The Bitcoin layer is brought to you by Passport. Passport is the Bitcoin hardware wallet that you already know how to use. The world's most intuitive Bitcoin wallet. It's designed just like a phone or a calculator so you will know how to use it the moment that you pick it up. Take your Bitcoin off exchanges and into your own hands in just a few minutes and experience the peace of mind that comes with taking your Bitcoin into your own hands. You can get one today at foundationdevices.com or clicking the link in the video description. That's all for today, everybody. Take care.